first time ever. Hear you loud and clearly. Um, and it was going place. That stuff's great. But the game is not a roguelike. Boomer shooter. Bang. Hello, this is John St. John, and you're listening to KWEP In The Keep, bringing you all the hits from the finest in the world of gaming and entertainment. Now sit back and relax as the drowned god Cathala lulls your mind with the tastiest talk in town. Welcome to another chapter of In The Keep podcast. I'm your very own prophet of the drowned god, the Motherlode. The Keep is a collective of gaming enthusiasts compelled by the drowned god Cathala to frag and jib one another into oblivion for all eternity. Welcome to the podcast. Would you like to introduce yourself first? Yeah, that, 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 that sounds fine. Uh, okay. I'm I'm Jared. Um I, I'm. I guess I'm. I'm the best, Jared. I gotta. This is. This is a horrible way to start because I hate my name and I've never. I. I express that all the time. But uh, yeah, I'm. I'm Jared. I just go by Jared. I got. Let me be a. Let me be a lesson to people. Never build a career on a name you hate, because you will be stuck with it for all time. But uh, so I just try to go by Jared when I can. Uh, I. I stream on Twitch, but I do like a whole bunch of other stuff, and I'm. Uh, I guess I'm I'm here because we have so many mutual friends and the the uh, <laughs> the the community as a whole has been uh, been absolutely incredible to me as far as the classic FPS community and I'm uh, I am beyond thankful to uh, to be hanging out with you today so thank you for uh, for welcoming me in yeah man well I mean, honestly there's no grand scheme here going on to as like who who do I pick to be on the show it really just kind of happens organically so like I had Foamy on a couple of weeks ago and he's like you got to talk to this guy Jared. And that was it. That's all it really took. Thanks, mom. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it was just like, okay, sure, I'll check that guy out. And then I was like, oh, I really like the stream. You got a pretty fucking badass following going on. Like, I had no idea. It, it's so easy to get caught up in the the few people that I know at E1 Magazine that I can barely pay attention to everyone that contributes. And it's like so many different mm-hmm. people. Uh, but I got a chance to work a little bit closer with the magazine because of this Quake mini mag that we're putting out. So, um, yeah, organically through multiple parties, they're like, "Oh, you should talk to these people and that people." Yeah, you know. so it's cool. I'm, I'm uh, well, that's cool, uh, man. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for it to uh, to land on me and and honestly, just have have the opportunity to uh, to jam with you here. Mm. So, how did uh, how did you originally desire the how did you really originally decide that you desired to work in any peripheral next to video games? Because streaming itself is like a hard fucking pass, but then also writing and all this other shit. Like where does that branch from? Where does that come mm-hmm. from? You know what? I think I did it on accident. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's uh, which, you know, a lot of guys, a lot of, a lot of guys, that's the way it happens, right? Like you, a lot of us kind of do small jobs, never find our place. And then kind of, uh, just one day you're, you know, you're in your mid thirties and you realize you play video games and talk about them for a living. And, uh, and, and it's weird and wonderful and, and, uh, I love it. And I mean, my history with, with the industry, uh, I mean, it's okay. So this, the last year in particular has been so, so pivotal in my yeah. life. Like, um, I mean, how did I get involved? I've, you know, just like all of us, like I've always loved games. Like that's what we do. And, uh, you know, grew up with my XT and my 386 playing doom and, 
and hanging out, uh, you know, cereal connections, land parties every weekend, all that stuff. Um, and then it just kind of, I kind of, you know, got into life, got into retail management and was there for, for a long, long time. And then, uh, I guess several years ago, man, uh, me and my friends were all, we're, we were all playing wow. And yeah. one of us was like, the conversation was just, Hey, one of us should stream. And I was like, well, I don't have time, but I'll do it. And so, you know, I started and we took it relatively seriously because if I'm going to do something, we want to do the, you know, you want to, you want to do your best at whatever you do Do it in hard. general. And, Every uh, time. and eventually it just kind of blossomed into, into all, you know, um, something viable. And then, an opportunity to move to another state where living was cheaper, went full time with that. And, and at that point it was just, uh, it's funny because at that point I see clearly looking back the desire to be connected to, uh, I mean, we're, you know, we're here on in the keep podcast. Um, the, the central pole for people here is, is this, this classic FPS, um, retro inspired FPS, 3d, like things from 3d realms and the things we all grew up with. Mm-hmm. And, and here I am streaming and I love that stuff. And I can't, I don't get to play any of it on stream, you know? And I always have this, like this desire to, to, to do that. But I'm like, ah, you know what? I'll just keep it a hobby. I'll just keep it a hobby. It's fine. I'll keep it a hobby. We'll, we'll stream these other things that people want to watch and it's fine. Uh, but then, you know, you fast forward down the road and um, and and now it's become like this central part of my life. Like I finally I finally just couldn't do it anymore. I, I wanted to I wanted to take this this thing that I found joy and connection and friendship, which is weird because it's just games. Right. Right. But it took a, it took a, that part in my life where I was like, I want to I, I want to integrate that. I want that to be part of what I do for work. And um, through. It's kind of crazy, like through, um, I think the, the first step in getting me connected to, to this side of the aisle was actually, uh, you know, straw man, um, Graven, him and Dennis. <laughs> yeah, Scarecrow, David, Queener. Oh, Scarecrow. What did I, did I say straw man? Scarecrow. Well, he goes by straw man uh, design so on Twitter. It just took me, like I had to connect okay, the dots. Okay. That's the, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. That makes sense. Scarecrow, straw man. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so I remember you know, like I'm, I'm pretty serious about this streaming thing. Like I want to grow. I want to, I want it to be a career. And, and my understanding is it's a streams always shrink. And so if you, you have to counter that. And so you have to, you have to play things at certain times and be smart about stuff. And, mm-hmm. and me, my favorite, you know, my favorite game of all time is Hexen. And I understand like nobody wants to look for the stupid door. They don't know where it is. I get it. Like it has some issues, but like Hexen is just like, it's so damn metal. And I love it so much. And, and Graven, the early access launched. And I was like, I don't even know what my plans were that day. I, I probably had some other plans, but I was like, nah, I can, when games like that launch, at least with the way the industry is, as far as being a streamer, you have one day to take advantage of it. That's it. Uh, day two, you don't get new viewers. You just have, it's just day one where people are like, Hey, is this worth buying? So I remember that I, uh, one of the things is yeah, you tweet at developers, they show up and it makes uh it, it it's just a cool experience for viewers because the developers are there and yada yada yada. And so I tweeted at I think I tweeted at him. And I think he told the guys at 1C, their publisher, uh, that we were playing. And so the whole, you know, the whole group of them came and hung out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like that's the pivotal moment for me where I started to to 
to experience this pull towards, you know, our shared interests is, um, you know, talk to one C they, they asked me to start doing some side gigs for them. Um, the ones I can talk about, uh, steam fest was coming up, you know, we just started, started kicking out videos so that, uh, they could have, um, videos for their games that were focused on, um, you know, certain entertainment aspects that, that we excel at. And, and so take on that side gig and then another side gig and then another side gig, and then start becoming just closer friends with a lot of the guys in the industry, um, get to express my fandom to uh, the people who are with me and, uh, and it just kind of snowballed. And yeah, now it's like, now, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate and thankful to, uh, to be included among the contributors of E1M1. Um, who were you talking to? I do a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, Don actually, uh, was, was the guy who, um, who reached out to me and we became pretty close friends over all that. Yeah. All Uh, those guys are really, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, snowballed. It's, Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, it's, it's, it's a cool life, man. It's a cool world. And I'm so thankful to be, um, to, to, to have this thing that was a hobby and to, to get to, to be connected to that community. It's, it's really rad for me. Hey, you definitely like just kind of, as you said, had that pivotal moment where just like, Oh, this is how I can be involved. And I, it's odd because Mm -hmm. that took, it took me a long time to kind of get there too. And originally the, this podcast was just strictly about like arena shooters. Like if you go back and listen to the first seven or eight episodes, you can see where I run out of material. I'm like, Oh shit. Yeah. Like quake champions <laughs> is not the most marketable game in the world. And definitely none of these other games are, <laughs> I'm just kidding because I still love arena FPS, but then this, your scope broadens. And then I realized at a certain point, like a lot of these like retro FPS devs, like void Inc, I think was the first one who just like reached out to me and said, Hey, you know, would I be a fit for that? And I'm like, Oh fucking course you are. And, we're still friends to this day. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And then you, you get involved in like, Oh, well offering feedback. You're like, you become someone that people trust to like help them market their shit. And that's a, that's a big responsibility in a lot of ways. I mean, it, it feels so mm-hmm. small when I was starting out, but now that I understand that, Hey, people are, people actually like care about if they get on this podcast, not necessarily because it has a shit ton of listeners, but because of the people who are listening to it, which happen to be mostly game devs. I mean, who, who's interested in hearing developers talk, not fan. Uh, there are a lot of fans who enjoy that stuff, but developers themselves, like younger, newer developers who are trying to break their way in are always trying to get, you know, an edge uh-huh. or a hit or something from the, the people who are making shit move out there, movers and shakers. And yeah. So anyway, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with yeah, the, it's, uh, I, it's fun. How do I, <laughs> yeah, you know, okay. So here's the, so I was, I've been talking to like, this is, this has become, like I said, a major part of my life. And it's funny. Cause I'm like, I'm not trying to get ahead of myself in, in our conversation. Right? right. Because we could cut to like certain points and, and then they just don't contextually make as much sense. But like, as you talk about, like, like the idea of people valuing your presence, people valuing what you do. It's, it's funny because I've been talking to, um, you know, close friends of mine that I consider family and, and my spouse and, uh, and, and thinking about like, okay, what like like this is this is a, an odd thing it's progressing people are beginning to value um opinions or 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 thoughts or words and um and and it's you know how what do like how do you begin to think about that because i'm you know i'm in i'm in this strange position right now where i've been so i've been streaming full time for actually I, I said 2 years but it's been 3 i guess i just kind of yeah. losing track of it um 
you know, making making enough money to live and growing and growing, and it's neat. But um, then, you know, this a year ago, I get connected with all of these guys, and now, like, like I have, I mean, I you know, I stream a good forty hours a week, but the rest of the time. I'm like, you know, answering messages from from people who are working on games that we're going to be excited about in a few years that they're not talking about. And and them, you know, saying, how does this shotgun look? Is it is it is it too large? How is it, what's in this in this 30 second clip? Is this thing throwing people off? And it's it's this strange thing of like, OK, why why like how is this becoming a thing that you want to know my opinion of where where's the value coming from? And, and it's, it's a really humbling process because you, I mean, you, you know, like you could go the opposite direction and think you're the shit and it's like, but you're not, there's plenty of people who know better or could answer better. And it's like, so as, as our careers, and this is something I'm sure for you, as you've fallen deeper into this, this career in these world, like this world is like, like acknowledging acknowledging what that value is and and where it's coming from and that's i don't know it's just it's a weird transitional thing because i i probably know the answer you just you just want to you want to think it right and you want to say those things right like because i mean we we talk about like i i, I kind of skirt it a little bit but one of one of the side gigs that i do is is consulting uh to developers and it's all it's you know it's it's frustratingly under nda for everything i do but the idea is like because of what my career has been and because uh, my primary viewership is not FPS fans. It's not people who love what we love. One of the things that I've become passionate about over the course of the last year, that's put me in a position where I get messages from these guys that are like uh, friends and clients asking for impressions of things is, is they understand that my, my primary concern is when somebody comes to the stream, is there something awkward? Is there something weird? Is there something unmarketable? And as I've fallen into classic FPS, that naturally fell to that, where I'm playing a game and I'm like, okay, I'm concerned about how this is looking to my viewers um, because if it looks weird to them or feels weird to them, and then they're they're not interested and they leave. And so, so it's like, it's this unique position that I'm so thankful for uh, that I've fallen into where um, my, I, the, the, the term we've kind of coined or at least the concept we've kind of coined is, is, uh, is kind of a new customer marketability because I mean, as you know, we have like in the FPS community, we have an insane amount of amazing titles coming out over the next three years. It's crazy. Like it's not the same, the same deal it was four years ago. Like we, we have amazing games come out. We also have a lot of crap in the middle of it. And it's like, how do you, how do you make things stand out? Because what we have this unique scenario where no matter what, there's guys like me who are going to buy every single FPS that comes out. I see a game for 10 bucks. I'm buying it. I'm going to play it. I'm going to enjoy parts of it, whether it's great or not, I'm going to enjoy it. Uh, and there's a lot of guys like us, but because of the sheer number of titles coming out over the next few years, um, we need new customers in, the, in our, we need, we need to bring people in who don't normally experience these things and don't normally purchase everything. And that's, that's kind of become, um, my, my perspective is, is how can we market this trailer to people and make it shareable to people who are outside of, uh, the normal purchasing group or 
this game, I'm doing this thing, I have this idea, is this something that's going to throw people off and get them out of it? Or what is, what's marketable? What, what What's rewarding to new people? What's going to make new people come and stay? And and so it's like, because of my career and the path uh, that that I've entered into our communities, I'm I, I, I at least get to offer that unique perspective and I try to be thoughtful with it. And um, yeah, it's something that I, that I, I'll tell you, I love doing so much. It's so enjoyable to, to get, to get something from somebody and for them to be like, I'm thinking this. And then for us to work out the process and be like, maybe this would be better or, Hey, that's spot on. Um, my, my wife would be interested in that. She plays apex and that's a marketable game. And it's, it's not the thing that most people do. So, but you want my wife playing your game. So how can we get my wife playing your game? Like it's, it's, it's a fun, it's a fun uh, position to be in. I'll tell you that. We used to say the same thing about like the WWE, like when people get so frustrated, like why are they so like whitewashed and child friendly compared to the way they used to be? It was like, well, they got to a point where they realized, Hey, they're making more money off merchandise sales than they're ever going to make off of anything else. And people mm-hmm. who buy merchandise are parents of children. So therefore you have to put on a show that, children can watch uh and, the, and the people are like so frustrated because like well why are they not catering towards us we're the real wrestling fans like we're the real wrestling fans are a guaranteed income for them they don't have to serve you they know you're going to yeah. show up every time you want to interest you know people outside of that obvious market that's where you make money at um so yeah i totally get what you mean but it's so that's a paying gig now that's like something that you get to do for money yeah I, yeah I, that's, I imagine there's yeah, a lot of people I, out there I, interested in such a career (laughs) yeah it's 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 i like i don't know how it's one of those things this is what i mean is like 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 when you think about it like like how do you get in a position like that because i you know i receive messages from people who who know i do that and uh i receive one today and somebody's like how can i do that and i'm like uh well you got to make sure that you have something unique to offer besides just playing a game like uh, if somebody's going to pay you to just play a game then you're just qa like like you need to make sure that you are offering your, your, you need to make sure you're offering something that is, that is unique and valuable. Um, and then, you know, that it's, that it's something that is, um, that is affordable. And, and so there's, there's, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's like I said, it's a job that 13 year old Jared would have been really excited about what my life is right now is, you know, play, play video games for a chunk of the day, hang out with my kid and then get to my office and, um, and, and review, review things that I can't talk about. Like it's, it's cool. It's great. And I love it. And I'm so thankful for it because it's all new to me too. Again, like I've only, I think the thing that blows me away is how accepting are people. And it's so like, I'm 38, right? Like, when you get to a certain point, you just start losing friends. You don't gain new friends. That's not <laughs> commonly a thing. Like it becomes more of a challenge, right? And and upon connecting with people in the classic FPS community, um, I I've gained new friends, and it's such a strange, uh, like, delightful experience for me to be like, okay, here's extra work, but also here's some friends, and it's a new community, and 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 it's it it you know it brings a whole change to my life and that I want this, I want other people to be connected to our community. I want other people to, uh, and that's actually changed my other stuff. I mean, as a streamer, right? Like I'm, I'm constantly trying to grow a channel, but I also recognize that people want places to belong. And so where I used to, 
you know, just be focused on channel growth. Now I'm like, oh, you know, what's also valuable to people like these things that I love, these people that I love that the connecting point, um, oddly enough, is a game genre. Uh, the the quality of people within within the that and I keep saying, you know, classic FPS, whatever you want to call it, boomer shooter, classic FPS, neo retro, whatever. Like it's all that we have such high quality people. And it is amazing to me. Like just the the fans of these games, the the developers of these games, they're they're accessible, they're kind, and and they've been such a joy to me as I've discovered everybody over this last year that I just want to take all the people in my life that are that are connected vaguely or not, and I want if they're interested, I want them to be connected and to love to love all you guys. It's it's right. it's it's something that I've I am so thankful to be included and to be to to actually feel like I have value and something to offer and serve within the community, you know? That's a pretty strong principle that I sort of accidentally live by. Like it wasn't like a conscious effort, but I thought about this later on as I've got into it and I realized that I'm like, I'm far more likely to go out. Let's say there's a book, right? And you see uh, someone selling a book on like the Ellen DeGeneres show, or just like some normal network kind of TV or whatever. I'm, I'm usually going to assume like, yeah, that's probably not for me. But if you hear like a writer or you meet a writer and they tell you their life experience and they tell you a lot of, you know, some of the background of like why this is so important to them and all that sort of, it can be a lot more powerful than just your typical like advertisement. And I think that people really do make decisions based on emotion. And as much as they'd like to say, you know, I make all my decisions based on a logical financial choice, like bullshit, you buy shit because you're emotionally invested in it. And if you become emotionally invested in the people creating something, for instance, like John Romero, people will go out and buy shit just because it says John Romero on it and for no other reason. He's built a brand that is synonymous with, you know, a certain type of thing that people resonate with and they find uh-huh. resonates with them. And uh, that's that's your target. <laughs> that's what you want. And and not just in a marketing sense, but just in like a being a happy person sense. You know, you when you when you actually are talking about something you love. So for instance, for you, it's this particular game genre and the people who work in that, you get to know these people and your instinct is like, I want to tell other people about that. That's networking. I mean, that is grassroots DIY punk rock getting your shit out there. And uh, mm-hmm. hopefully the intermingling continues because there's a lot of, as you said, there's a lot yeah, of I mean, I'll games coming out and there's a lot of people that need to be reached about these games. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. it's, you know, here's, it's funny this like I, I'll, I'll refer to it constantly, but this last year has been such a weird transitional time for me. Right. Right. Like my one of the thoughts that like plagued me and kind of pushed me to where I'm at right now is I remember, man, I forget what game and I, I probably wouldn't mention it anyway if I remembered. But I remember somebody made a game, man, and their heart was in it because, you know, they put a lot of time into it and it was an utter failure at launch. And and the heart and, and this person, usually they you don't see people express the heartbreak. Um, but this person was vocal about it and it was so sad to see. And I'm like, I looked at it and I was like, this is a quality product. Like this is actually good. Um, they, you know, there's several reasons it failed. Some of it, some of it was, was marketing and some of it was networking and, um, and then some of it, you know, there's, there's a degree of, of luck a lot of the time with, with Mm -hmm. things like that. And, um, but it was just a, an abject failure. And it, I remember sitting at my desk reading over their tweets and I was just so sad about it. Like to, to, cause this person just was properly expressive. Some people know how to share their grief and they did. And I was like, shit, this is a lot of people's story. 
like a lot. And, and during that time I was becoming closer friends with, uh, I think Josh from BPM. Um, and, and, and I remember thinking like, okay, well I want to do what I can like, cause BPM had just come out during that time period. And I was like, I want to do what I can to, to let people know that there's something of value here. But then at the same time, I'm like, I'm trying to balance my own life because as a streamer, there's games that you can't, you can, like I said, there's limited time periods because you're looking for new viewers. You can't just a uh, big, big streamer secret. You can't stream whatever the hell you want. You'll fail. Um, <laughs> you got to be smart and tactful and, and all those things. And it's like, I remember being so frustrated because I wanted to share Josh's game more because I like, and, and I wanted to do my part because I'm thankful because when I, you know, when I play games, I make money because I play games. And so, uh, as I play a game, there's this, uh, this natural thankfulness that comes from it where I'm like, these guys are making awesome games. I want there to be return on this for them. And so, but then I hit a point where I was like, I can't, I can't do this and succeed at the same time. And I remember deciding then that I wanted to, at some point, at some point I wanted to be in a position where I could sacrifice certain amounts of time to focus on those things. And, and, and so that was, I mean, that was probably a year ago. Um, you fast forward to now and that's become a thing that I've, uh, that we have, have private, it took a lot of work to get there, but like, you know, I sacrifice my Fridays for, for early access titles and for demos and stuff that's coming out. And the point in doing that is to take my community, which are not natural purchasers of, of the, those types of things. Like they're not like I, my channel was built around strategy games, darkest dungeon, stuff like that. Hell yeah. I love that, darkest that dungeon. is, that is what we, what we built around and, and yeah, I, I loved it. And I, you know, I, I had a lot of success in that area and, and so that's a pretty big difference to take people who are fans of that genre and be like, okay, now let me show you this thing. And they just don't care. And so over the course of the last year, my goal has been to, to develop a, a community that has um, one trust in, in like, Hey, Jared wants to show this, let's check it out. And then developing the skills within myself to highlight the things that people maybe don't realize they like, but they do like, and that's become, and that's, if we really talk about like that, why I have these side gigs, it's because that is the focus. It's because that is the mentality of, like, you know, John over here doesn't like, uh, doesn't think he likes classic FPS, but he does. I just have to show him that he does. And so he has to trust me enough to look. And then I have to know how to behave so that he, for a moment, tastes the joy that he will taste when he gets in this thing. And, and so that's become my, I guess, like a, like a career focus of mine is, is perfecting those skills because we need new customers. And, and I say that, you know, not being a developer, but being somebody who benefits from good games and development. Like, and, and I, I'd really like to play that stuff more and more and more. And as we go into the next few years where we're going to have some incredible titles, I'm like, oh man, I really want to play these things. And I really want, I really want it to, to be the sort of thing that people also enjoy. And so, yeah, it's, it's, um, that's that's like what what my jam is right now and i just i love it man i love 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 the work we've put in to get to this point where that is now we're in the beginning stages of it but it's viable my my days where we do that um 
I mean, sure, I'm not sitting at 300 viewers playing Darkest Dungeon, um, but I'm, I, you know, we're sitting at 100, 150 playing whatever the heck we want, and and getting a chance to introduce the things that I that I find joy in, and and uh, you know that benefits me and building community and and um, and people being excited about the stuff I'm excited about, so they come back. But it also benefits friends of ours who are making these games, and that's a really important thing to me to drag new people in, kicking and screaming. But do it skillfully. So, what are some of the things that these uh, your your average viewer that just kind of pops into your channel for a AAA night of extravaganza game, and then you try to sell them on I don't know something akin to what you're talking about? We'll use Viscera Fest as an example. It's a, it's a one C title. Yeah, yeah. We just played that. I actually yeah. held my I, I held out on that for so long. Yeah, I remember I bought it on day one, and and this is it's funny because this is my selfish thing right like i bought it and i was like i'd like to play this on stream someday i'm not gonna i'm not gonna ruin the experience and this is part of part of that is like i purposefully like uh, with viscera fest right like when i bought it i played about an hour of it and was like this is cool man yeah i want to share my first experience of this with people why is that important well it's important because somebody's first experience you you see and experience at least a flavor of their delight and challenge and enjoyment as opposed to watching somebody who's professional um somebody i mean you uh, a way you could could relate that is um you go watch um you go watch bazooka joey play um play doom eternal mm-hmm. dude's amazing he's great he's fantastic at it um and you might be impressed but as a new player you don't you can't picture yourself doing that Right. Like that's not a thing. You're not, you're not on a journey with them. That's why Quake Esports. Somebody's first playthrough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's impressive watching, watching people do that. And the skill cat, I mean, oh man, I have, I mean, I, I definitely have enjoyed several, but it's not marketable. Um, and, and that's just an unfortunate reality, but, but first experiences are, and, and that is a thing that, that I, that I've, grown to to treasure myself because i realized the value in selling yeah uh, the value in in allowing somebody to experience that and so i will tell you like i mean one of my i i excel at keeping my eyes shut and not seeing not ruining and spoiling games when they come out and that's a thing that's really mattered to me there's also calls to action right and i think that that's a thing that um this is this is where you cross the line from being uh, just somebody who streams games to being somebody who uh, who becomes an advocate is, for instance, you know we we're playing uh, we're playing a game that's maybe not out yet. Well, I understand wish lists are important. Why does that matter to me? Because my friends make games, and and I understand how the Steam algorithm works, and you want wish lists in there. And so as I'm playing a game that maybe it's a demo, well, my my responsibility to to my friends in the community is calls to action. Hey guys, this game's great. Make sure you wish list it. This is really, really important to do. If you're interested in this thing, wish list it. And, and it becomes, it's, it's this integrated position that I've begun to <coughs> love and, and adore do, doing because I mean, my, my motivator is literally because I like these people. And, and I mean, if I, you know, if I don't, if I didn't like what we do and what we're building all together, in all of these teams, like I, I don't see that I would have reason to do that necessarily. 
but I, but I feel a sense of urgency to do that. And, and so it's, it's, it's a perspective. And again, this is like, you know, like people ask, like, how can I get these side gigs? Well, you need to care about that stuff. Otherwise a publisher doesn't care. Like a publisher is not going to like a publisher, a publisher loves somebody who, who does that stuff. They're going to, they're going to get you, they're going to get you side gigs. You're going to be making videos for steam fest and stuff like that. Like you need to be like, if somebody wants to do more and be integrated into these things, they need to become an advocate for the industry. And, and I'm thankful that the last year has, has kind of formed that, uh, that natural, you know, that natural desire to do that. And again, that stems from our people are just amazing, man. Like it's, it's a really humbling thing to have, you know, Dennis and to have fire plants and, um, and to have, you know, all these, all these guys who make games that I absolutely am a huge fan of, like, like I'm, I'm a fan of these guys and for them to be hanging out with us all day, like almost every day. It's, it's a really humbling thing and I love it. One of the things that you said that it really sparked an interest to me is, and, and for the people listening at home who may not be familiar with the term, call to action is the industry term now. This is like, e- even in the podcasting world, uh, Captivate, like integrated uh, their call to action button into every podcast player across their entire platform. Uh-huh. And it, it's such a, it's such an odd thing because it, it really is just like that 1960s Mad Men style advertisement thing. But the, the idea being you're supposed to trick people <laughs> into <laughs> paying attention to you, which is a good thing. But it, it, here's the thing though. It, but here's the thing. They want to. Yeah. And this just, is a thing I was talking yeah. to. Uh, oh man, I forget who it was. It might've been, uh, I, I want to say it was fire plant the other day. Um, is we were talking about previous jobs we had, right? And this probably doesn't come as a shock. I used to be a cell phone salesman. I was a car salesman. I hated it. It's an immoral job. I lied to myself when I would go to work. It sucked. Uh, <laughs> then I'd go and sell phones. Now, phones were less shysty. And the the secret about the phone industry is that phone guys don't actually care what they sell you as long as they're selling you. They just don't care. Like and and like a hundred dollar phone would be the same as a thousand dollar phone to me, like because I got paid the same amount. Uh, as long you know, there's there's a few details in there, but that's the general gist of it. Um, and so, um, like I I I ran a store. I worked for AT and T for quite some time, and um, you know, I kind of there were things that were sucky about it, but there were things that I that that I learned greatly, and they've served me in my position as a streamer and and now doing what I do, understanding that. Uh, like there's this thing, somebody walks into your store, right? And they're like, hi, I'm here to get a phone. But then they, then they, they're resistant because they're scared. And, and so as you spend time with them, you're trying to find, help them find the thing that they enjoy. And then you do a call to action and the call to action is always, okay, you have a need, you have a desire, let's do it. And you help you open the door for them. And so in, like that, that's an important skill to realize is they literally came for a thing and they want the thing, but people, we are so resistant to the idea of, of action. Like we just don't, we're, we're social creatures. We follow each other. Um, peer pressure exists like, and that makes me do things. And, and so the idea when we're talking about calls to action that benefit every, like the idea is a call to action when done properly is one that benefits everybody because let's say I'm, I'm listening to in the keep and, and I'm enjoying it. Right. 
well, okay, cool. Um, my kid just ran in the room. I'm going to shut it off and I'm going to go upstairs and do what I need to do. Well, if during the time period before that, there was a proper call to action saying, hey, if you're having fun, make sure you follow on X and Y platform so that next time you can have more fun. And the idea is you benefit because you're running a podcast and you need people to listen. And then they benefit because they get to do the thing that they just enjoyed again. And that applies to, I mean, you know, as I, as I started streaming, I realized it applies to streaming. You having fun on the stream? Well, you probably want to follow um, or you probably want to subscribe so that we can continue having fun. Um, but then the way that relates to, to the development industry, it's the same. You're enjoying this game. You think this game is cool? Well, don't forget about it because you're going to forget. So there's this button called a wish list. Just right now, take a second to do it. I know you don't want to, but you will forget. And if you're having fun and you want more, do the thing. And helping people do that and realize their shortcomings, because that's just how we are. Like, I, I'm lazy. I don't want to I don't want to click the button because then I got to open back up the stream I'm watching. But it's like if somebody's like, no, no, really do it. I'll be like, OK, I'll do it. That's fine. Yeah, let's go. And calls to action are, are I feel like they are a vital part of the of, of the relationship between people who do what I do and people who make games, they, they serve them so much. And, and, and I, and it's like the, the thought is, okay, well, you know, what if I do a call to action and only three people click it? Okay. Three well, people who might've maybe it one of those people otherwise wouldn't have each of them who might yeah, tell they wouldn't have. People. And so that, but that's not just three because things can multiply, yeah. right. right? Like this guy, who knows who this guy knows? Like this guy might be the one who who gets it to XQC and XQC plays it and has a great time and a bunch of people buy it. Like, I mean, we're we're seeing, uh, you know, examples right now on Twitch. There's this stupid game called Vampire Survivors that is is just, you know, it's a it's a cell phone game, essentially. But everybody's playing it because people had fun. And 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 you see the developer succeeding now selling a game for three dollars, but he's sold a lot. And, and who knows how that connection got there. And the idea is, is I, it sounds silly, but being a, a responsible uh, member of the, um, of, I mean, the term community, I, it's such a hard, it's such a catch all term. Tribe. Um, but there's like, yeah, I mean, there's this cycle that there's this, yeah. it, the, like being, everybody has a responsibility, uh, and everybody succeeds together. And, and so, you know, realizing that in my position, realizing, okay, I want to do this stuff so these guys can succeed because when they succeed, it gives me opportunity to succeed. Plus, you also end up liking the person, so you want them to succeed anyway. It's not just a selfish thing. And, and that's been like a really important thing. So when we talk call to action, like that's become insanely important to me. And I, I'll tell you, like if, if I had a developer that, you know, if I was in a contract and they told me to do a call to action – it's so weird because I would be like, hell yeah, of course I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that anyway. But I can tell you that that if somebody saw that in a contract, they would feel this strange obligation and kind of disgust being told that they should. And it's like, well, like it's an important part of the relationship. It's a, it. it's a, a gr- what sucks about it. I think the why the reason why deep down it just feels icky to say is because it is a few words that encapsulate a very large part of the human experience, right? So this goes all the way back, probably further than this, but at least as far back as the feudal system, when it's like the, the lords and the kings call their banners, which means everyone who has a sense of loyalty to them 
probably not because they love them necessarily, but because they have got family intertwined in these marriages and lands that they share and goods that they need from each other. And the idea that someone, these other people are going to protect them if they end up in the same situation and the, the ability to inspire people to not just, you know, click on a wish list, but to be ready at any time to respond to the King calling you to go to war on his behalf. Uh, yeah, this is a very, very deeply rooted uh, human trait we have. And that is that we do need to be inspired. Yeah. Absolutely. Like a, a charismatic yeah, leader has it, always been a problem for us. Yeah. And and so yeah. like the, the you know, and I, I feel a sense of obligation to do that just because I, you know, like right. I said, I saw that person's sad, those person, that person's sad tweets. And I was like, man, you know, in the ideal situation, People would have known about this. And so what is my, what, what, what first, you know, what skills do I have that can, that can benefit that? Right. And let's take advantage of that. Cause you know, not everybody's going to be good at that stuff. It's fine. Uh, some people are going to be ill-equipped to, to, you know, play parts that they, that they are uncomfortable with or shouldn't do. But, but the idea is, you know what, I'd, I would like to do my part and, and yeah, it's, it's, it is it's something that I, I find great value in. And in turn, the people who I've become close to, I know without a doubt, find value in it as well. I receive messages, you know, specific over it. And it's like, okay, I like, this is, this is an important part and it should be done. Yeah. So how does that translate to your writing? Hmm. So the writing thing's funny. Um, so I, I, th- I agreed to I agreed to start writing for E1M1 right like in the middle of the night the other night I got a I got a message from Zach and uh, and he was like hey we'd been we'd been kind of chatting back and forth with it um I uh, they asked me several months back to to be part of a judge uh, a judging panel for a game jam which is cool right like I I think that's a lot of fun I really enjoy that sort of stuff um and I'll tell you I felt really good to be to be asked to to be part of that. Because again, like this is a whole new world for me. And I'm like, wow, you guys, you guys really care what I think. That's really cool. Uh, but so, you know, I did that and I, I wrote a, a short article on it for them. And, um, and then I, I remember I was now I don't, I, I, I assume there's a connection here. Um, I recently had, had written kind of a, kind of a long, uh, kind of a, tweet longer thing. You know, nobody ever reads those things, right? Like, uh, you, you do it and people just whatever. And, and so, but it was, it was something that, that I felt, you know, passionate about something I, I wanted to, to share with people. And it was about, it was about level design and reward and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 It's like, and, and so I, you know, kind of wrote a, a, a long explanation of the idea because I'm, you know, as a, as somebody who plays games and somebody who is thoughtful about that, because my audience uh, I need to keep their attention and I, and I purposefully am looking for the idea of like, well, the people can't see how fun a game or people can't feel how fun a game is. They have to, they have to visualize it, the visual elements. And so I wrote this long thing about the visual elements and, and emotional reward and all that stuff and the stuff that keeps me playing. And I recently played a really well-designed early access game. And, you know, I left the name out because that's I, the, the goal is not to, make anybody feel awkward, but to equip people with some thoughts. And, and so, you know, I wrote this thing and, and, um, and the guys at E1M1 sounded like they found value in it. And a lot of our, our mutual friends wrote me and were like, these are really good points. These are things we need to think about. Uh, and then, 
that it was you know sent to a bunch of dev teams who were working on uh, on some pretty uh, prestigious uh, projects, and you know it's really humbling for me because I'm just some dude who uh, I'm just some basement gremlin who you know plays video games all day, and and so they hit me up and they were like, hey you know, would you like to join our team? And, or, or would, you know, it was, a, it was a, would you like to apply? And I was like, I don't know, man, I'm pretty busy. Uh, but then like, I got a message the other night and they were like, Hey, we don't even want you to apply. Would you just like to, to be part of our team? And it's like, you know what? I'm thinking about it. Like, like the, I love writing. I absolutely love writing. It's, it's not a thing that I've, that I've embraced in my life, but it's a thing that, um, with with my background, I went to I, I you know different college stuff and and I I went to a Bible college when I was young and so uh, preaching and, and specific expression is something that I enjoy greatly getting a point across uh, succinctly and in a way that can be understood and uh, and given I you know fallen out of that world those those the memories of the enjoyment of those things. Uh, just lead me to I have I had a little little tiny hole in my heart and so I was like yeah you know what. I'm, I'm down. I'd love to do this. And I, and, and it's funny because where sure it doesn't, you know, things like that don't necessarily pay well. Um, they are something that, that are, you can be so passionate about. And so it's like, I, I see it. I, I don't know if this sounds weird or not. I see it as another opportunity to serve a community that has been a joy to me. Right. Um, I, I really, I, I, and I know I've said it, but I can't express enough my thankfulness for being included with all these amazing people, um, people who usually I, I streamers suck. Streamers are so annoying. Like we are the worst. Like we all think our opinions matter so much. And, um, and so as, as I've been in a position that, that generally you, you know, and we, you know, we all want free game keys and we all, uh, we want, we want all the developers following our Twitter accounts. So we look like a big deal. And, and it's like, we we're not the most palatable, set of people and and my thankfulness for being sincerely included in this in this larger group and you say the term tribe but it feels like it it really does like i i see this chance with i see this thing with e1m1 as as an opportunity to 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 serve and to be included more and uh that's that's like where where that's landed in my life like is it i'm yeah it's is it a thing that i that i like you know, the idea of like, that's a side gig of mine. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. That's neat. But the actual joy comes from the idea of, of inclusion and, and, and kind of serving the people who have been nice to me. The whole concept of a magazine in 2022 still absolutely blows my mind. And I'm, I could not be more guilty of having been the guy that said the first time I saw you one in one pop up on Twitter, I was like, Oh, that, I mean, that's cool, but that's, definitely not gonna be a thing and here we are later and they, they blew i mean I, I had to tell that straight to jake and zach i was just like you blew way past us so fast in terms of your reach i had mm-hmm. no idea that people cared about physical media so much and even if it's just you know they're getting the downloads or whatever it's really impressive and but again it comes back to that sort of diy culture it's, it's i don't i don't even think that i've ever necessarily saw in a magazine that I was like, Oh, I really, really want that magazine, but I almost feel obligated to support it just because of so how, how damn helpful the E1M1 uh-huh. group has been with everything. Uh, I could not have well, pulled it's, off. It's, such a, it's such a smart move. Yeah. 
it's such a smart thing that they did because here you have a bunch of 30 somethings, right? Guys, mm-hmm. my age who would go to target every month and get their electronic gaming monthly magazine. And we take our CD home and, and we play our demos and go through the coconut monkey crap and, yeah. and, uh, and PC ga- or PC that was PC gamer. Yeah. We get our PC gamer, coconut monkey, like all that stuff. Like it was a culture and it got ripped away from us. And then you have this smart move of retro shooters, which are a little earlier than that generation. And so you have this double nostalgia pull and nostalgia is great. It's cool because it's like, it allows me to relive a joyful moment of my life. And, and so I like, I mean, that's obviously key in it. It's like, because you have people that are ordering these magazines, uh, especially the first batch, right. Without knowing if it's going to be the quality that they want or not, they don't care. It's an imprint magazine that reminds them of when they were young and lets them feel that way again. And, right. and it, you know, it's, backed up by the idea that that some of those guys are inc- they're actually very skilled writers some of them and it's it's uh and so it it meets the the quality requirement and i just i i'm i i'm not surprised that they're that that the magazine is is succeeding and is about to be up to what 13 13 13 i think 13 plus all the side mags but like um I'll tell you, man, you also throw in the fact that, like you say, they were, they're incredibly helpful people and incredibly kind. Um, they were, they were one of the pivotal things in, in my experience because I, I went away on vacation. I was bored out of my mind, um, on vacation and I, I wasn't, um, I didn't know them yet. And I joined their discord and started chatting with them because here I am in Arizona, um, in the middle of whatever summer. And it was just kind of a horrible experience. And, you know, at, at my, uh, father-in-law's house. So I'm trying to tread carefully and, and, you know, you have Zach talking to me, Zach being really kind. And then Zach, Zach, like paying attention to what I'm doing as a person. And he's like, Hey, I know you're bored. Why don't I send you some magazines? And so he sent me, you know, the, the digital prints or the, yeah, yeah. the digital magazine. And I was like, it just, the, the thoughtfulness and the kindness of, of them as, as, uh, as the, as a leadership team over there, just really, um, like they, they have increased the value because it's not just magazines. It's, it's a, it's this, the E1M1 community. Right. And, and I, I love it, man. And, and I'm, I'm absolutely honored to, to be part of that now. Like that's, that's a really fun, exciting thing for me. And again, it puts me in that position where I want to, I want, I want to serve. I want to help them. I want to do things for them because they, at a moment in my life where I was not happy, they brought a sense of joy to me. Well, there were, I don't know if it was, I'm hesitant to call Zach smart ever, but one of the really intelligent things that they managed to pull off in hindsight was that like, so they got involved with using the skills that they already had developed as part of this thing that that led them to making it with Zach being a fantastic voice actor and everything. And then just use this to sort of propel themselves into getting into all these really cool marketing spots. Like I've, you know, they, they got themselves into being very, very involved with the planning of realms deep very, you know, early on and like super, super helpful. It's like, people were like, Hey, I need a, I need a voice actor for this or that, or I need someone to slap some video together or to write up or whatever. And then lo and behold, who's doing all the footwork. And that's just kind of mm-hmm. amazingly intelligent to do. Cause a lot of people are like, Hey, don't work for free, but sometimes working, you know, I don't want to say working for exposure, but just being a part of the process can be a huge uh, like mm-hmm. bonding glue that keeps you in someone's attention, you know, in, the, in their minds and when they want. Well, it's, hey. it's funny you say that because like the amount yeah. of times 
that I've been told from developers that their first important gigs were free is, is mind blowing. And it's, it's, you know, it's not a thing you're supposed to say, um, or, or, or next to free, but because, and I think that's because some people irresponsibly, you know, take advantage of others. And, uh, but there are times where, where a responsible person and persons will do things for, for proper amounts of, of exposure. And it's, it's not just the idea of exposure. It's the idea of, um, of putting skill on display. And I think that's probably a better way to express what you mm-hmm. see there is they have these skills they show them off and then people go, oh, okay, I find value in that. When, when a lot of time we talk about, you know, for exposure, it's, there's, there's taking advantage of weirdness mixed in and unequipped people and, and sorts of power abuse and stuff like that. And, and, and though, you know, those are the bad ones. How do you discern it? You don't. Um, but I, I will say that like, I, I agree with that. I think that that's, I think that's exactly what they, what they did. And I think it's, it's really, really smart because when I'm part of part of what I, you know, what I do is is I'm constantly like, hey, I find value in this group uh, as a whole. Like, um, I find value in 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 our. I'll, I'll use the term tribe again. I find value in our FPS tribe, and so I'm constantly saying to people, like, people will be like, well, how do I how do I connect to this stuff? And the very first place I always say is E1M1. Before I was even uh, part of part of their their group, I would say E1M1, and the reason I would say that is because they are this wonderfully developed hub, right? Like between between their tweets and their Discord and the people involved and their uh, their accessibility. When you go when you go to their Discord, you can you will get responses from normal people who are these people doing amazing things. Um, they are they are the hub that I use to introduce people to to our world now, and and my my answer is usually okay. Follow E1M1, check out their check out their Saturday tweet, follow all of those guys, uh, start interacting, pay attention, and and above all, become a fan of all these things. And and it's uh it's just they're very very smart to to position themselves that way, and and we've all benefited from it greatly. Me, you with you know with 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 realms deep and and me with uh with everything going on in my life like and have they benefited absolutely and they should oh this is They're great at yeah, what they do this has been the most ridiculous like three-year ride ever for me i could if you had asked me when i started this thing where it would take me I, there's no way i could have predicted any of it and mm-hmm. i mean hopefully that should be the case with pretty much every endeavor you take either i mean even if it's a complete failure you should have had a lot of experience along the way that was worthwhile, but like, I feel blessed. I feel I wake up and I'm like, I cannot believe that I'm going to fuck off until 6 PM and then do my job for two hours, <laughs> which is, yeah, you know, drinking tea and talking to you. So, uh, yeah. one thing that you did mention that I, I thought was quite interesting is just, so the idea of the E1 in one serving is this sort of like central hub, and this is going to get maybe a little complicated, but try to follow along with my brain. Uh, as yeah, best yeah, yeah, I'm with you. So like I think about this sense of responsibility that certain co- content creators that, or we'll say facilitators or curators have, and that is, you know, who, how much effort can they actually put into being of service? And is it smarter to include everyone or is it smarter to be that sort of curative point of view where it's like, this is worth it. This is not, I mean, how many people do you think are tuning in to watch your stream because of the game or because of you and they trust you to play good shit or recommend good shit to them? 
So I will say, so I've been streaming four years, right? Right. Um, there are, so this is, this is when, when we talk streaming, um, there are, there, there are streamers who know what they're doing and there's streamers who just don't, right? Um, there are streamers who are very, very purposeful in what they do, how they act, the connections they look to make. And it's funny because these are conversations I have with streamers relatively often because people want to stream. It's, it's one of those, it's, we said this earlier, like I, I jokingly said, I'm living the dream. I'm not, I mean, this job isn't the dream. My job or the dream is that I get to, I don't have to leave my house at 6am and go sell phones. I get to have my daughter come wake me up and I have breakfast and then I come down and hang out with a bunch of cool people and then I'm done. And then I get to put her to bed and have dinner, you know, all that stuff. Like my, my life is the dream, but there are people who want this gig. Um, and, and part of that is forming an audience in the most purposeful way possible. Um, I, you would, you would be surprised that I'm able to make my living off my viewership. Like that should be a shocking thing. Uh, my viewership is, uh, sometimes it's 300, sometimes it's a hundred. You know what? Every once in a while it's 75 and it's like, well, how, how does he have a career this way? And I have a career doing this specifically because I have, um, I have very purposefully built a specific audience that is connected to me. Now, the smart thing about that is, is designing uh, your schedule to meet new people and understanding that John just tuned into the stream. You don't know that John is watching. Um, you have no idea what time he's watching, but I have about five minutes to connect to John in some meaningful fashion. John came for the game. That's why he came. That was his intention. His intention is the game. It's not me. Um, although there is a thing I do that kind of is that, and I'll mention that in a second, but the idea is to, my entire stream is designed to have people connect to me. Um, when they connect to a person, they value their opinion and they will follow them elsewhere. And there are some people who will only watch specific things. That's without a doubt. That's how it's going to be. But the goal is, you know, I mean, to get a small percentage of those people, um, as, as big as a percentage as you can get though, to connect to you. Um, because then, then you have a consistent audience and they're connected and they want you to continue because it's, you know, if I, if I just streamed dark souls, um, and, and I went away, there's plenty of other dark souls guys that somebody can watch. And so the idea is you don't want, you don't want that. I don't want that. I want a career doing this. I want to continue my career doing this. I, and, and so this is, this is, I think, the uniqueness of what we've done and the uniqueness of why I feel um, connected to make these new moves into this uh, classic FPS community and why I feel that I can properly serve, do calls to action, get people to trust me is because over the past four years since I've been doing this, you know, I'll select a game to meet people, but my entire goal and concept is at any given, I mean, it's the same Somebody might click on this part of this uh, p- this part of your podcast. They might be fast forwarding through. You don't know, and that means every single second that you're talking, every single second that you're on camera, whatever the situation is, um, you need to be drawing people into your personality and who you are, and that that's a very real experience as a streamer, right? And so as I've as I've developed this, I mean uh, the the ultimate picture of it is when I do a 24 hour stream, which I do once a month. My goal is that any time in the 24-hour stream, you're going to show up, and I am the star of the show. 
and you are connected to me. It doesn't matter if it's at 22 hours. I don't get to be tired because because uh, Kim, who just showed up the 22 hour mark because she clicked on on the stream, I need to be able to connect to her very, very quickly so that she follows me out, trusts me, finds value in me over the course of, of time. And and then I can take that. And as I'm entering into this new world, use that appropriately. So what is an example? Streaming can be hard when you do it right. <laughs> what, what would be an example what was that? of pulling someone in five minutes? Okay. I think oh. the best way to explain it mm-hmm. is – let me think of the right way to – because it's it's not about a game. It's never about a game. But the game serves as as a vehicle. So it's it's through proper expression. It's through proper energy. It's through little things like uh, like potential eye contact with a camera, very purposefully. It's uh, it's about doing things like this is this sounds stupid, but it matters. Reading chat out loud. Why do I read chat out loud? Because if Kim says hi, Kim wants to be a star of the show for a few seconds. So I need to say, I need to, like, if, if Kim says, hey, I really like this game, I need to say, hey, I really like this game. She hears her own words through me. Now, is that manipulative? No, I don't believe it is at all. I think that it's actually important because it shows somebody that they are valuable, that they are a person. And and it, it it's something that I've always cared immensely about is is looking looking to be connectable, looking to be um, considerate, looking to be energetic. Um and, and honestly, that equals out to being a very tiring eight hour stream every day. Very tiring, but, uh, it's what you have to do to succeed in the industry. Um, and then, you know, it, it also has benefits of, of people are connecting to you. So you get to do whatever the hell you want. You can stream whatever you want. I can, I can stream Duke Nukem forever, which I did, which was quite the experience and, and viewership stays the same. What do you think about – okay, so an example would be like Civi11 who sort of made his career specifically by playing shit that people would not play. And I think entirely based on how entertaining his show is because it's really more like a TV show yeah. than it is like you know a proper video essay or anything of that nature, which is why people like it. But, I mean, he can play anything he wants. I mean, he can play the absolute bottom-of-the-barrel crap in the world and people will care. And it's so bizarre to me. But as Absolutely. you said, it's never about the game. It's about yeah, that it, personal it connection. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, sometimes he makes very purposeful decisions to to wrangle in interest, but he he can take advantage of that interest and and do what he wants because people are right. connected to him. And and that's you know, that's that's uh it's funny, but you know, you have you have YouTube and Twitch and and all these other things and and the the term, at least in my world for Twitch, is, is personality streamer, right? Like, like that's that's what people go there for. I I mean, I'll tell you, I I watch I watch gambling on Twitch sometimes because I love the guy who's doing it. And and is it? It's weird. I'm watching some guy do thousand dollar spins, and and I'm having fun because I'm because of his personality. It doesn't right. matter to me what it is, and it, it it's it's just a. It's really funny because it to to reemphasize that when the same guy who I love streams Call of Duty and he drains himself of personality because he's trying to to rank up and do whatever, um, I actually kind of lose it. 
it's it's when a personality is is the priority and and that's that is that's the key to to doing variety right like because i've said this i've said this a, a lot in my industry people are you know people want to be able to do what they want in the industry i'm in they want to be able to stream whatever they want they want to be able to play whatever games and that is so hard it is it is insanely hard because if i were to just stream like i said i did darkest dungeon um i refused to just stream darkest dungeon because i knew there was a danger because if all you do is stream that like stream one thing that people want to see they never they never connect to you because the second you go somewhere else um it's it, the environment is uncomfortable and so the idea is is you become the comfort you never let people get com- you never let people feel comfort in anything except for you and i think that that's the key to connection is is you become people's home and make sure they don't accidentally home be or the game doesn't actually accidentally become their home, and um, that's that's been a priority of mine since I've started. And I mean, given there's other factors like proper game selection and um, you know there's tricks to getting clicks on browse menus and stuff, um, but that's that's the heart of it is is becoming you want to become somebody's comfort in some sense. Um, and and you have you know you have the danger of of bad people doing that and using that wrong and and you know the responsibility of the person is of all people is to be a decent person and and so yeah I, I I'm I'm thankful that I get to do it I'll tell you that much and and I'm still early on in in this I mean typically typically people don't get to to live off of this sort of industry for for many many years and you know I'm I'm. I guess I've been doing it four and a half now. So it's, it's nice. It's a good, it's a good thing. And I'm thankful. I'm very, very thankful for this time in life. That's another thing that sort of draws back into talking about multiplayer games. It's like, what makes a multiplayer game fun? You know, and there's a lot of different aspects to it. There's the, the pursuit of your rank or your, you know, increasing your skill or doing better, but that really only applies to a handful of people who are going to be your true, you know, competitive folks. I mean, it could be a, a handful per thousand or something like that, but it's really not that giant audience that we're talking about creating. You have your diehards, and you'll always have your diehards. The the other people are what's concerning. And so th- the main thing that keeps people playing multiplayer games most of the time is who they're playing with. It's like, do my friends yeah. play this game? I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've played a game that I otherwise would never have touched, but it's like, yeah, it's what the group's playing. Or, or, you know, your friend's like, oh, I have, I got this new game. We can co-op it together or we can play against each other. And that is in large part how the arena shooter community has stayed alive. I mean, on a, mm-hmm. there were a few times when it seemed like, a, okay, well, you know, on life support, but, and yet it still per- persists. And I think that just really comes down to if you have a group of people who can consistently be there for you and be welcoming and willing to teach, you'll always have new people who show up. And you'll always have people who you can potentially mm-hmm. convert into later becoming the person who does the same for someone else. Uh, that's a big, yeah. huge win for Bridgeburner, just uh, organically though. But uh, we were talking about E1M1 being a hub for specifically first-person shooter stuff. But if you want to go even deeper, like the Hellforge is like, this is where yeah. you got to be to be part of the current single-player Doom mapping community. Otherwise, it's like yeah. you're missing out on something. You, it's not the only place. There's always yeah. going to be Doom World, but... But no, they, I mean, bridge, bridge is taken. It's so funny. Like bridge, bridge. It's, it's funny to like, these names are all, they're all so important to me. Like, right. um, 
like, cause, cause I had, you know, I had connections through, through the graven guys and through one C and, and another, another important connection that like, that made me impressed and value and want to be involved was bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I, somebody, one of the connection there is somebody liked he- one of hex and crafts, uh, songs. And hex is somebody who's connected to a bunch of us. He, you know, he's, he he does like dark uh, gothic industrial stuff, and, and he's a great musician. And and you know Hex is is constantly trying to get uh, get gigs in the industry, and uh, of course uh, Prime is constantly taking all of those. <laughs> and um, and so he, uh, but he liked one of Bridges' tweets, and I remember seeing a picture of, and it wasn't something of Bridges, but it's something. It was a staircase done in GZ Doom. And it was just the most impressive shit I'd ever seen at that point. And I was like, I have, I don't understand. I have to see this. And I clicked through and this is like early on during the beginning of that first year conversion, uh, where I, you know, growing up in, within classic FPS was all this stuff was cool, but I didn't realize it was still alive and active. And so I, I remember I went to bridges stream and I saw him working on age of hell and was just like, what the hell is this? Like, like I had no idea. Like that was my first encounter with like advanced, like GZ doom mapping. And, and it just blew me away. And, and, and it's the, like that group is just such a, such a stronghold when it comes to that stuff. And I, I'll tell you they're they're, they're another group, man. Like when, when they announced Hellforge, I was, I, I'm just amped about it. Like I love the stuff coming out of them and they're all amazing people too. Like I, I just absolutely adore every single one of them. They've all been very, very kind and welcoming to me. And it's, it's cool, man. I'm, I, I like them. I'm happy for them. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of really interesting games coming out of that studio over time. It's just, mm-hmm. it's very fun to get to watch as bridge burner slowly, but surely builds it into a studio. I mean, I got my yeah. fingers crossed yeah, for them. And I'm, of course I'm like always there every step of the way like that. I can be like, Hey man, don't make the same mistakes I did on the way. Like that kind of shit. So, but he's yeah. doing such a good job of just being sort of a. Uh, so the analogy I had is kind of fucked up sounding, but I'm going to say it because it's funny now that I've seen it. Do I it. thought of it through. <laughs> but he's like a mosquito light, and there people are just drawn towards him. And I'm like, that's what yeah. you, you inspire people to want to be around you and be creative. And if you can funnel that in towards a mutually beneficial thing for everyone involved you've got yourself a company. I mean, that's how that works. So, yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's, I, I think that's key is, is, I mean, we have, you know, it's like the, the perfect example is the meme Lords at new blood, right? Like, <laughs> like they're, they're just absolutely absurd men, but it's not the memes that people like. It's the boldness. It's the confidence. It's the leadership. They are, they are men who inspire and they, they use those, those skills and and so I do see a nugget of that in Bridge. And as Bridge is forming forming this, like and not not, not you know not being a meme lord, but there is there is something magnetic about him as a person. Yep. And that is that's a quality that I like. That's that's one of those qualities that's not teachable. Just some people some people have it, and and everybody kind of wants it, but not everybody gets it. And and Bridge does seem to have that. And I you know I the fact that I, I get to consider him a friend is I, I consider it an honor, man. He's he is he is exactly the type of leader who um, who could form something like that down the road. And, and it looks like it will. And and so, yeah, we're all, I mean, we're all definitely rooting for him. I'll tell you that. 
something that you said earlier that I try to take note of was how in in some situations when you're talking about trying to draw in that that audience and, and those people and inspire that loyalty in, in an audience it, it, when you when you say when you talk about someone like I mean bridge burner is a great example he's just a very naturally charismatic dude but there are also many other aspects that kind of you could be born super charismatic and do awful things, or you could be born charismatic and then also develop the skills along the way that allow you to use that for, you know, we'll say for good. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, finger, finger quotes are on good, but yeah, to, no, I, I, yeah, I, we, we, yeah. To try to lift others up with you, I guess I'm a big believer in the concept of high tides raising all ships. And mm-hmm. so from your perspective, like you have, put yourself in this entire conversation is really centered around you putting yourself in a position to do what you need to do to make a living. And then you feel this like need to give back. And I feel like that's been a tradition, especially amongst the doom community, but also the quake community for a long time. And that's it. That's we can repeat that till kingdom come, but this general culture that was created in the, you know, we'll say the late nineties around sharing and helping and, creating avenues for other people to sort of stand on the shoulders of giants in many cases um, mm-hmm. is how we've gotten this far. So for any, like anybody out there thinking that they're going to be able to silently go out there without the help of others and market their game effectively, like I, I wish them luck, but I doubt it. Uh, people yeah. like you or who a lot of these people depend on now. I mean, uh, influencers, whether that be on Twitch or social media or just community leaders, anybody who's got like a few hundred people who are willing to pick your shit up. Um, oh yeah. As you're saying, you know, you're able to make a living uh, more or less off of not that huge of a number of people. And th- that reminds me of something that do you know the rapper ice T also in law and order? Yeah. 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 So he had this amazing, uh, talk. I've probably talked about this like a million times on the podcast, but it's it's like one of those like w- nuggets of wisdom that sticks with me through everything. And he would talk about how like if you want to make a living, you know, in the music industry, y- you could try to be that person who sells like a million records every time. But what you really just need is to have enough people in every town you go to, like three, four hundred people, to fill up a club for you, and you'll always be able to make a living. You know, and, and if that's ten dollars a head, I mean, shit, it's worth it. It's worth traveling around. Um. I've I've been in situations before where I've compared like Patreons with other people who were just kind of like starting off on Patreon and mine's nothing to write home about, but it's the mat. What it really came down to is like the number of people subscribing to your channel and how much they give. And you could say that's synonymous to a, you know, their economic class, first of all, but also b like, how much do they give a shit, you know, or how how much can they afford to help you? And if you have like 75 people who are all willing to throw you $10 a month, you're doing way better off than the guy you know who signed the million dollar deal but gets nothing until after it's paid for. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so, uh, scope is important too. I hope I didn't ramble for too yeah, long. It, it for sure is. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's perfect. It's a, yeah. it's it's a really really good point, right? Yeah. Like it's uh, it very very much is about the the value a person brings to other people's lives because other people are willing to pay for, uh, for that. If they find, if they actually find a sense of value in you, then, then there is support. And, uh, and I think that that's the important thing. And that's why I've, that's why I have, you know, I, I, I could be streaming one game and have, have, 
uh, crazy amount of top end viewers, but really what matters is, is your lows. What is your lowest low? That's all you care about Mm -hmm. in my industry. That's, that's literally it is like, what's the least amount of, of people or the least amount of money I make in a month. I need to know that I need to be, um, I need to be focused on that. Not, not like, Hey, how cool can I look? And you know, uh, if I keep, if I keep doing this, like, will I have a thousand viewers in this area? The idea is, and, and, and so as we relate that to, to all of these, these concepts, right? Like that also connects to when, when, uh, publishers and, and individual devs are connecting with it's, I hate the term influencer, but it is, it is appropriate, um, when used with the right people there, if, if you have a group of people who do spend money because they find value in a, in a show and in a stream or, or whatever, um, the group that finds value is better than the large group, the, the smaller group that of, of purchasers, the smaller group of like the, the stronger influencer is, is the better, uh, connection. And, and so it's, it, it is an interesting thing because, you know, it's funny. I was talking to, or I was watching, uh, I was watching, oh man, I won't say names on it, but like I, so that game Sifu came out today, mm-hmm. uh, or, or was everybody streaming it today. And you have, you have one guy who, you know, he's, a he's, he's two, two really large streamers streaming it totally different reactions. One of them, um, one of them, you know, loving the game uh, because he he wanted to engage with the system in the game and he wanted to understand what the developers wanted him to play like. And so you have this guy who's engaged and connected to his community um, because he he wants to enjoy this game. And 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 his his chat, you know, everybody's like, I'm picking this up. I'm going to grab this. This looks so fun. I love this. And then you have another guy who um, only plays Souls games ever and and he's insisting that the game is a failure because it's not like the thing that he typically likes. And so he's not engaging with the system and his chat is, is full of, of a thousand people saying how horrible the game is saying it's a, you know, it's a two out of 10. And this other guy's like, I'm loving this game, man. I'm having fun. And it's like you, it's different people have different values in the industry, depending on the way they interact with your product. And, and so as we're, as you know, as, as we're looking at, um, at, at influencers and, and the way they are like selecting good influencers for the guys in the industry is so freaking vital. You need people who will engage with the system because then like, or engage with your game in, in a way that's intended and not, not some of these other guys who just, uh, just, you know, they'll, they'll hold a big number, but oh man, their, their pride and their arrogance will, will lose you sales. And it's just, oh man, it's, it's such yeah. a, it's a, it's such a weird world to navigate, you know? I mean, there's a certain point where it's like it, you'd be better off with like a dozen, you know, relatively small streamers or videographers or whatever saying really good things about your game than you would if PewDiePie gets a hold of it and shits on it, right? Like, yeah, like for the for extent. the for the memes and for the funny and right, yeah, like yeah, selection is important, and so it's it's yeah, you look at like the relationship between people with my job and, and people who are developing games and, and man, I, I'll tell you, I, uh, being on the other side of that would be so hard. It would stress me the hell out, like trying to evaluate, are these the people we, we find value in engaging? Like, how do you determine the value of, of somebody you're engaging with? Like, in, but it's also cases, vital because if you cases, don't engage at all, go ahead. If you don't engage at all, <laughs> well, I was going to say, if you don't engage at all, you just lose like, mm-hmm. 
yeah, I think if you have a pretty awesome product and you do your own kind of ground roots marketing, there's such a significant amount of people who will just sort of find you in in the early part of it. So for Call of Seregnar, right? Like this is a particularly niche sort of game that I'm, I'm creating here that we're oh, yeah, I load, I actually uh, snuck a little time on it today. It's pretty okay. great. And I, this is not me making a call to action. I'm just discussing business as, as I see it, but <laughs> right, immediately, you know, as, as soon as you put out like betrayal at Crondor influenced thing, everyone who cares still about betrayal at Crondor shows up immediately. Like they're like, yep. they're in for the long haul. They're like, oh, yeah, we're supporting this. And that's great, and it's but it's getting those other people who already aren't, you know. The I mean, if I had to guesstimate how many people are currently alive, able to purchase, you know, money, still still interested in being involved in computer games at all, and have a deep, deep seated love of Might and Magic Six and fucking Betrayal at Crondor and Daggerfall. Uh-huh. I mean, we're it's not it's not the biggest group of people in the world, you but just, they already you just spoke to my childhood. Thank you. They're a very dedicated group of people, though. But as you said, you know, finding okay. people who would uh, take that and spread it across, not just, not even to say like to cross the, the genre mold or whatever, but just to get that message out to all of the other people who are not currently receiving the signal is a huge part of it too. Mm-hmm. So finding streamers like yourself who are like, you have a unique talent for turning people from those AAA customers into potentially like an indie customer. You're the kind of person yeah. that makes sense for me to reach out to. You already just shown, you know, through your works, how much you care about giving back to the community that this sort of is involved in. It's it's kind of strange to talk about that game because it's so not a, a retro FPS, <laughs> but it's it's still but it, an but it is game. still connected. It's yeah. it's it's within no, it's it's within the umbrella. And, and I think that that's the interesting thing. Okay. Like, okay. So, so we can follow this train of thought, right? Like mm-hmm. you have, cause we said this earlier, there are a set number of people that are definitely going to buy these titles, but mm-hmm. it's not enough. We need more. And, and it's like, and I think the thing that people in my position and, you know, uh, developers, publishers need to realize is, um, is that umbrella is so big that there is something that fits way more people than we realize. There's a, there's a kid that's 13 years old somewhere that, that would absolutely love that game. Like he's going to think it's the coolest thing ever. He's some D and D nerd. And, and he, uh, he just, you know, adores, adores that sort of game, but he doesn't know it yet. And the idea is finding them because they are out there. And I think that that's where our, it's so fun. Okay. I just feel so strange saying our industry because like my primary income is from streaming, but I also, you know, my, my foot is in all these other, uh, finger is in pies, not foot in pies. That's not the right phrase. Um, my finger is in all these other pies. And, and so I feel a connection to this industry where I'm like, okay, so how, what is our, what, what's the phase of our industry right now? As far as, um, as far as classic FPS and the larger umbrella. Well, we're in this phase where, it's it's popular amongst the group that it's popular among because people like me or like have now realized that it's a thing, but we were, we're like, we're going to buy it anyway. Mm-hmm. Second, somebody likes me, somebody, somebody, second, somebody like me realizes these things exist. I'm buying them. Like, that's just what it is. But the problem is, is a lot of people are tempted to stop there. And I feel like our industry needs to be thinking bigger than that. Why? Because there are a lot of people who will enjoy these things 
and they just don't know yet. And they're not people like me who, when, who have this, uh, this magnetic nostalgia thing. Um, but it's like a lot of, a lot of our games are quality and they're amazing and they're fun. And they're some of the most enjoyable experiences I've ever had. And we just need to find ways to, to inform people, which, you know, it comes down to, um, it's funny, like, uh, it, it's very practical ways. Like I, like social media is like a huge thing. People share trailers, share videos. And I, I was sent video by somebody, uh, early development of a game. And they were like, what do you think about this video? And I was like, you have to reduce the field of view. I was like, if my wife sees this video, she's disconnecting instantly. I was like, you can make a hardcore trailer on your steam page for people who love this stuff. Like me, I'm going to run, I'm going to run a hundred field of view when I'm playing quake, man. That's fine. But my wife, she sees that and she's going to go, Oh, I'm uninterested. But my wife loves shooters. She's good at them. And it's like, I, so the idea is what would give my wife pause? And, and so this person sends me this trailer and I was like, Nope, it's crap. I was like, because it's not appealing and shareable outside of our circles. You got to understand everybody who knows about your game is going to buy it anyway. Whether you show a hardcore trailer or not, they're all going to buy it anyway because that is the that is the FPS community. That is what we do. We buy anything above a certain quality standard. We'll buy it all. Once it hits this line, it's purchased. Your game is already going to be above that line. You've already hit that customer. So the idea is what can what can we craft that is shareable and and like on social media outside of our normal circles. And so, you know, it's like you take the trailer back to the drawing board and you reduce the field of view to be something uh, marketable, something that's easy to look at. Um, and then you you start the trailer with uh, with maybe you have to understand that, you know, Twitter tra- Twitter videos are muted typically on average for seven seconds because it takes people five seconds to get to that mute key if they're interested. So the idea is your first five seconds need to have something visually attractive to be marketable to this group that that might like it but doesn't know they like it yet and so it's like this is the place that the industry i feel is at is we already have a set minimum customer base for good products how can we get more and let's use let's use our minds to think about what's marketable and and i just feel like that's where we're at and those are the thoughts we need to be thinking right now because i want all these games to succeed and there's too many damn games so they can't all succeed unless we bring new customers in New players need to join our ranks yep. because there's too many games and people have a limited amount of funds. And it's interesting how the market works because ostensibly, <clears throat> let's say every person out there, if you could reach them all at one time, who would be interested in your product? If you said, give me $1 and I'll have it to you, like I can do it for sure. And you probably could. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of getting those people's attention. So the reality is that you'll never actually get all of their attention. So you have to have enough people within the group of people who you do get who can bring that price to create what you're trying to create in the time that you're trying to create it to a, an agreeable price. Otherwise, you know, you'll have to have someone at the top paying more and less. It's so, uh, it's so difficult. And that's one thing that I think that Patreon and things like that have really done well for people is that, you know, for the guy who's got a million dollars and just like hit, his hobby project to see if this game gets made, they can afford to give you a thousand dollars a year. They don't give a shit. I mean, okay. So that there covers a thousand people as far as I'm concerned, that's a thousand votes. And then 
And then everyone else who's like, you know, I'm really passionate about this, but I can only afford to give $10 or $5 or $1 or whatever it happens to be. To me, they're, they're all the same. These are all like equally valid votes. And I think that has helped a lot of people. And I think that that's a, a, an interesting way to approach um, the future of how we handle investing into games. Or not even investing, but just supporting their development. But I'm not mm-hmm. sure how I'm not sure how you uh, I'm not sure how you inspire that many people. It's a really difficult process, and you you seem to have yeah and successfully done a lot more time thinking is to about find. It. I think the key is yeah. is finding the people, or no, like making it easy for people uh-huh. right like and that's why that's why like the example i just gave about a shareable trailer something that is uh that is marketable like we have to think these very specific thoughts we have to be like what would uh like i i had a i had a friend who's i mean you'll i the project will be um announced you'll, you'll probably hear news about whatever game i'm talking about in six months right um but this person is talking to some fairly major publishers. Um, but he's he he's working on a build of the game. And he he wrote me and said, hey, I need to make a trailer. But let's talk about what a sellable trailer looks like. And and so we went over this process and we designed, you know, we designed the way a trailer would be sellable with things in mind as far as like mute times um you have you have a visual scroll time of two seconds on on Twitter math like that's just the way it works. People scroll if if you have if you you have two seconds to win somebody over visually and then then audio matters and so like we went over this process right and the idea was to craft something that would be easy for somebody to be excited about and then uh, the ideal thing would be that they would become your marketers because you marketed something to them, got them excited emotionally. The thing people do when they're excited about something emotionally is they retweet it. And so rather than, rather than the idea of, of, you know, Hey, I want to show, I want to show like this specific thing. Well, like the person was even like, what do I do with, you know, spoilers? He's like, and I was like, do half spoilers. Like if you're proud of a moment, that needs to be very early in the trailer. It needs to be like 10 seconds in uh, like this, like, but you know, like if you, if it's a moment you care about, they probably won't, they probably won't remember. But the idea is like, like we really, for you to be successful in the industry, my friend, like let's, let's make sure that even though this isn't the only thing that's going to matter, it does matter. And so let's craft it like it matters. And then, then, you know, we'll move on to the next thing and we'll do this thing over here, but, but let's just do each thing very purposefully. And I think that that's, that's where, um, it's hard because you have like all these guys who are amazing developers, but these aren't their things. And then you have some publishers who should be good at this stuff, but they're not. Um, and, and maybe they have the wrong people in the wrong positions or like, like advertising, advertising is the biggest challenge in, in, with our groups, right? Like it is so damn hard to advertise games like the ones we love because the, you have to, you have to break people's uh, preconceptions and you have a very limited time to do it. And I just, I think, like I said, I think our industry is at this point where if, if we can figure this out, then, then we all benefit because we're just going to drag people in. And I'll tell you the second, the second you buy Proteus, you're, you're buying dusk. And the second you buy dusk, you're, you're leaning over and buying something else. And it's, it just, 
they all just I mean, that's I don't know anybody who's ever bought one classic FPS. Everybody I know who gets involved, everybody who gets captured just starts collecting and they don't even beat them all. They just keep buying them and keep playing three hours of each one and because they're fun. And and it's like all we got to do is figure out how to how to how to properly help people outside of our circles understand that this shit is so fun. Eventually you hope that the party gets going so good that it's just like, Oh shit, what are they doing over there? But eventually, yeah, eventually. And and that's the thing is you also have, it's lined up right now where this, like the next couple years are kind of the best time for that because we have, we have games like Celico coming out. Like, like we have we have some pretty heavy hitters that are going to be like prime examples of of yeah. you know the f- sort of fun that that we've been secretly having for you know years i think now is the time to play retro fps i think the time to make a million dollars off of one was when dusk was released and now that's over <laughs> oh, yeah 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 i think th- yeah, there's just really something about how that game hit the market at the right place at the right. It wasn't the first game to attempt that genre. It was just the one who struck, caught lightning in a bottle. And it, and then everything after mm-hmm. that sort of has to live up to that standard. And not to say there have been some absolutely, you've named several of them so far, like just fantastic games that have come through the genre since then. However, now we're in a market where you're competing with other people who are trying to deliver very similar products. Yeah. and. Yeah, as you said, the market exactly, has to which grow is why yeah, sustainable. Yeah, that's exactly like, and that's that's where my heart is as I as I you know work on this side. Like, like my my income my income is streaming, but as I as I spend more and more time in meetings with with developers um, and with publishers, like I'm I'm constantly like, we need more customers. Like, we have to have more because there's too many good games and like and and again that falls back to that sad tweet where like this is a good game and it didn't sell and this person really thought they had something and it's like oh my gosh like 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 i i hate to say but what if what if celico was a was what if celico just fell flat on its face that would break my freaking heart because the game is like we know it's incredible. Everybody who's touched it is like, yeah, even in this in these limited capacities, like this is great, and we're really excited about it. And it's like, so I have this like I have this drive, man, because I love all these people. Like, like the guys from Celico, the 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 they've been so kind to me in like private messages and stuff. And it's like, I look at that and I'm like, oh my gosh, dude, I want you to succeed. So how can we all do, how can we all do this? Because it's it's not just business, it's, it's pleasure and friendship as well. And that's the unique thing about, you know, about that's what I was surprised about when I got involved in all of this is, and maybe it's because I loved it when I was a kid, you know, maybe it's, maybe, maybe there's that level. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I have, I've grown to love these people because they're real people making things that I enjoy, but they're also just nice cool people the the level of kindness and maturity generally within within the the classic fps community is just mm-hmm. man they're valuable people and i just want to see them succeed and so it's like yeah, yeah. you like it would break my heart if a game if, if an incredible game i mean if an inc- it breaks my heart when okay games fail but it really would break my heart if an incredible game failed i just i want all of the games that are it, just limited to like gz doom engine projects right now like so Seleco, uh mm-hmm. just beyond sunset the i mean these are incredible looking games 
Oh uh, gosh, yeah. Hyper Strange. What, what's the one that Hyper Strange just put a demo out for? There's too many. And then eventually, oh, Stellar uh, Blood Blood West. No, Blood West is, is it Blood West? No, it's not Doom. Engine. That comes out Friday. Hell, now I'm oh, going right. to That's uh, Vortex. Can I, yeah. I'm not going to forgive me for forgetting. Yeah, yeah pull, no, pull it up. Pull it up. Pull that shit up, Jamie. Let's see. Hyper Strange. Ooh, people are going to be shouting into the microphone, like yelling at, yelling at their cell phones, throwing them on the ground, stomping them into the dust. Um, supplies. Oh my god, I feel like such a douche. <laughs> it's supplies. Oh, yeah. oh, that. Oh my gosh, the the gun artwork in that game is like so good. So it's it would crazy. be really really easy to fall into the trap of saying like, Oh man, you know, I hope some of them are good, but maybe not age of hell, even all of these things. I need them to be successful because I want the market for yeah. stellar Valkyrie to be primed and ready when it's done. If, if all of these games come out and they end up being commercial failures, then I'm going to, first of all, I'm going to have to face the sad truth that I'm dead in the water before I ever get the, the duck <laughs> into space. Uh huh. And uh, we can't have, yeah. That, I mean, so. but no, that's, that's that's a perfect the, this is a perfect conversation about this right like like you just listed off incredible products that people are pumping time into and they're satisfying and they all share a customer base yes and that's good in in some regards but also like we need to start figuring like I, like i said we need to start figuring out like and here's the cool thing about this, right? So there's people like us who will buy them all. Um, but then, you know what? Maybe maybe my wife isn't into Age of Hell, but maybe Supplice she's into. Maybe that art style resonates with her more. Like, like they're in, under the umbrella... There are... And this is why, like, I do... I do, like, my... that's This is why I've changed my my Friday streams, right? To... to because I'm trying to perfect a format right now. I'm trying to perfect, uh, if anything, I'm trying to also refine my ability to uh, to help people see the things in each title that that may be appealing to them. Um, but like new people that come in, they might like all of those games, but one of them might be the one that captures them. Like True. just, I mean, maybe the art, maybe somebody loves, maybe somebody loves the, the, I mean, Supplis dude, the gun artwork. I like, that's the first thing for me that won me over when I saw it. I was like, those are crisp as hell. Like they look so cool. They make me feel badass playing. And, and so that game to show that off, that would be, that would be beneficial because that would, that would, um, if we show it off to the right people and the right people see it, it opens, it drags them in. Let's say, let's say we design an amazing uh, purposefully marketable trailer for that. Like it's not marketed towards us, but it's marketed towards uh, somebody like with a catchy thing that would, would catch their eye and it shows gameplay. It, it's, it's an honest trailer. It's not a trailer that's, that's built for deception, but it's just, it has those things that maybe would make it more shareable to people um, outside of our communities. Well, if we drag people into our community, then it's very likely they buy that and then they buy bridges game. Because they end up seeing that and they like, they like, and so we, like I said, we're at this point where it's like, man, I, I, I just, I just want to see what we can do. I want to see everything we can do to, uh, to, to make it so that everybody can win because not only does the purchaser, I mean, like not only do the devs, the dev team wins, but the purchaser wins <laughs> because they're getting to play this cool game. And, and so it's one of those things where 
like it's it's similar to the idea of a call to action if you're doing them right everybody wins well, uh, before we depart here, where can people find you, man? It's been a real pleasure getting to speak with you and just pick your oh, brain about it's all been, these awesome Seriously, Thank topics. you so much. Yeah. Thank you. No, thank you for having me. Yeah. I've, I've, I've had an enjoyable time. I, um, so, I mean, you can find me on, you can find me on Twitch. Um, again, my name is so stupid. I like it. Never, never name yourself after a dead meme. Like there's a meme like 10 years ago. I didn't know I was going to use this account to stream. I didn't know I was going to be successful at it. And we just kind of caught it too late. Uh, but it's, it's the best Jared D a B E S J a R E D. Uh, you can find me on Twitch under that name. You can find me on Twitter under that name. I tweet all day long because that's where my friends are. Um, and, and come and say hi. Um, enjoy yourself. Don't say hi, enjoy yourself or just whatever. Like I'm, I'm, I'm thankful to be, uh, I'm thankful to be so welcomed by all of you guys. I really can't express that enough. Like this has been, this is this last year. I finally, because of this classic FPS community, I just feel like I've made friends, man. And I, I'm so thankful for that. So thank you for having me. Thank you for including me. Uh, foamy. Thank you for recommending this conversation. Uh, I really enjoy foamy quite a bit. Um, but yeah, just thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, anytime. And uh, if you ever need anything or want to come back on to discuss something new, just a topic hits your mind, I don't care. Uh, you're always welcome, dude. This has been really fun. Sweet. Thank you so much, man. Thank you very much to Jared for joining us. It was really, really cool to just spend all that time getting to learn from someone like him who's put in that time, that effort, and really got it down to almost a science, you know, if, if it ever could be one. But I feel, I feel like this is one of those that I'm going to point back to, sort of like the Starlight Skies episode where I'm like, yeah, this is just a, this is a master class for free. Just listen, you know, maybe take a few notes and you'll probably do better than you were going to do without it. Uh, but yeah, thanks. Thank you so much to, to him for coming on. Uh, music this week is uh, by Mothership Loudspeakers. You probably know that name from what used to be called Dead Game, now Ghostware. Ghostware, all one word. And uh, it looks like they just put out a uh, like a prequel demo uh, right at the end of the year, so you might want to go check that out too. Definitely tell them all Mother Load sent you. But yeah, Mother Load. <laughs> And Mothership Loudspeakers. The other ML. Love that guy. I do need to address a few things. First of all, I'm, I'm still... I've still been slacking, I know. I told you guys I would uh, get it out on time every week, and I've been... I missed a whole week, and here I am again, so... Uh, just be patient with me while I'm in between living situations, and uh, hopefully by next month everything will be back to normal, and we'll be back on YouTube. I promise. And I'll get everything that isn't currently on YouTube uploaded as well. But, uh, yeah. Thanks to all our supporters. Remember to go to endthekeep.com right now. and uh, Or whenever you feel like it. Check out all of our wonderful merchandise we have there. As well as the many ways that you can support us. The biggest ones right now would be to check out our games, Call of Seregnar and Stellar Valkyrie. They're both on there under the Games tab. You can learn more about them. But uh, if you want to support us, the best thing you can do right now let people know that you care about those games uh go ahead and wishlist them right now on your steam uh, or itch page whichever you prefer 
And, uh, yeah, I hope you end up liking them when they come out. The demo for Call of Seragnar is available right now, so no, no excuses, people. Give it a shot. Thank you all. Anyways, uh, next, till next time. Also, sorry I, I lied and Bridgeburner was not on this week. He will be on soon, I promise. We just haven't gotten our schedules to click. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Till next time. I love you. The Drowned God Cathala loves you. Stay in the key.